There is nothing we can say today to make the family and friends in Uvalde feel any better. There's nothing we can say today to assure that trouble won't someday find your school. But maybe our discussions today will help us be prepared as best we can. I'm recording this on May 27th, 2022. I thought long and hard about even doing this episode. I already really had another one prepared. And I didn't want it to come across as if I was taking advantage of the situation just so people would, you know, maybe I'd get some more listens to the podcast. But then at the same time, I got to thinking, how could I, you know, how could I not say something about it? How could I not least share some reminders about preparation? It It's, you know, when we prepare for trouble situations, it's uncomfortable for everyone. I am going to talk a little bit about some of the things I do in the classroom when we're doing these drills to try to make sure that they know how important it is. Obviously, that is going to vary by age, the way you approach it, given the maturity levels of the students. I'm not sure how long this will be. I'm actually recording it a couple of days early or releasing it a couple of days early because, you know, this this shouldn't be based on a schedule. We're just going to talk about how we can improve ourselves in this regard. And, of course, our prayers go out to those folks in Uvalde, just as our title said, because of those precious lives. Let's talk about our training and how we can not get better in what we're doing, but maybe get better in the seriousness we give it and the various different you know, videos we have to watch to train ourselves and the programs we go through while in the school because all of us substitute teachers have been through this and we'll talk about all of that. I'll first remind you of this. I went to high school in the 70s. Very much the schools were all open door back then. I remember probably the most, I guess I can use the word violent, in a small degree, because there was still definitely some physical contact involved. But the thing I remember from my school is that it it sprang up from a young lady that wore an outfit that today would be against school policy dress codes at most high school. 
I remember that as the story went, one of the male students there said something inappropriate to her because of that. Well, lo and behold, that day in our lunch cafeteria, that girl's father walked in to our cafeteria, went to his daughter first. She apparently told him who had insulted her. I assume she had called him from the office. We didn't have cell phones back then. And that man proceeded to punch the gentleman right there in our cafeteria. I remember a teacher. In fact, it was my teacher during that class. We had lunch about halfway through the class. Our teacher approached him and basically told him to leave that young man alone. The man stepped forward, the teacher. Our teacher, you know, basically to ready himself, brought his fist up. By that time, everybody in that completely full cafeteria realized something was going on and it got completely quiet. Things settled down. They got the man without any more punches being thrown out of the building. And of course, there were some law matters that had to be taken about him trespassing and assaulting the young man and all that kind of thing. That's the most dramatic thing I remember from my high school. It was back then you could just walk right through the front door and into the offices. Trouble, evil, has been with us forever. One of the things I've decided I'm going to try to break the habit of this summer and work on it to be better is that you've often heard me say on this podcast, I guess some of the problems that you experience in other cities, I don't have as much to experience here. I don't experience that as much as you do. But I want to get away from this big city thing because that's not fair to big cities for me to act like big cities have more problems than little cities. In fact, if... If you recall some of the severe instances, traumatic incidences that we have had have actually been in cities and townships that most of us in the country haven't even heard of before the situation took place. And now, of course, we'll remember those names forever. So it's not fair of me to continue to say that I realize that our schools don't have as many problems as some of the other schools. That's not a very nice thing for me to say. So I'm going to work on this summer, break the habit. Let's talk about preparing ourselves and our students when we're faced with difficult situations in the school. First of all, I will encourage all of you that go through training. In our area, there is about... Oh, I want to say maybe 20 hours worth of training. Most of them are through videos. Most of them are short, like 15 to 20 minutes. And if we're not careful, make sure this isn't you. Don't be that teacher or substitute teacher or employee who knows they have to take this training and they know the computer's smart enough to see if you watch the video. A lot of you, I've done it too on some of the short ones. I don't do it any longer. 
will turn on that video, turn down the volume, walk away, and let it play till the end so that you get credit for that. And in fact, the video, the video we call it in this area, our lockdown training. It refers to the locking down of a school for whatever reason. It's lockdown training. That is our longest video. It is, I think, around 90 minutes. Here's the first thing you need to do. If that is a video that you're walking away from, don't do it anymore. You're going to have to watch those videos again this summer, whether you're a teacher or a substitute teacher. Watch them. It might even be a video that you've seen before. You watched it every year, but it's just like, you know, watching. When I watch a TV show multiple times, it seems like every time I watch it, I pick up something that I never realized before. Watch that training video. It is there for a reason. It explains the things that you need to be prepared for if you're faced with that situation. So that is step one. Get over not watching those videos. Make sure you watch them from beginning to end so that you can carry an intelligent conversation. Now, let's move into the schools themselves. I'm going to guess that even if you don't substitute teach much, you've probably been in a school where you it's it's drill day, right? Most students go through this in the same day. Most of the schools I attend, they don't do this drill on one day. They, you know, they have, I hate to use the word quota, but that's they are required by the state to have these drills ever so often. Some are monthly, some maybe like a fire drill that might be, you know, once every three months or something like that. But regardless, when you go down through what I'll continue to refer to the lockdown drill, here's the way we do it in our area. And here's what I'm going to encourage you to do first. I'm going to tell you a little speech that I give my students here in a moment about lockdown drills. You don't ever want to use the word, it's training in case we have an active shooter, especially at the young ages. Sometimes you have to address it in high school because they will ask you, is this our active shooter training? And I say, well, I hate to call it that. I would rather it be more if there is a bad person in our hallways. We want to figure out what we need to do, something to that effect. You need to talk it down just a little bit. But in our area, when we do these drills, here's here's what we do. First of all, I'm pretty sure as I think back that most every door on every classroom has a vertical, maybe about a four-inch window, vertical window that goes from close to the top of the door down to the doorknob. It's just a way that you can see out. In fact, some teachers keep it covered all the time. I'm one of those. I like to be able to see out into the hallway. I usually cover it or uncover it if I'm in a room and then cover it back before the teacher returns. I do it that way. But here's here's the procedures that we have to go through 
in our lockdown drill. First of all, all of the teachers keep, it's usually cloth and it's usually hung at the top of that window so that it can unroll very quickly. They might just untie a bow. They might just unclip something. It unrolls and covers up that entire window so that it is near impossible for somebody looking in the window from the outside to see inside. Okay, so that's the first thing we do. Obviously, I should have mentioned this first, the door is locked from the outside. Make sure if you're a substitute teacher and for whatever, there's ways to unlock those doors from the outside that they stay unlocked. And if someone actually did that earlier in the day and you find you have an unlocked door, be sure to find somebody that can lock that back so that it only opens from the inside, the classroom side. It stays locked from the outside. That should always be the case. Your door should always be pushed closed. Is it inconvenient to let your bathroom people back in the door? Sure it is, but it's something we need to do. So we've covered up that window. The next thing we do is go over to the big windows, probably not the next thing. The first thing we can do, as long as we can still see things, is turn out the lights. Okay, we turn out all the lights. Really, all this is going on concurrently. Things are happening all at the same time. Turn off the lights. You pull down the shades of the window. You know, obviously, you know why you're doing this. You don't, especially these ground floor classrooms, you don't want anybody to be able to look in the windows from the outside and be able to tell that there are definitely people in this classroom. You don't want people looking in that vertical window on the door and be able to tell that there are people in the classroom. Okay, so that's what we do. We turn off the lights, and what the kids are programmed to do is to get under tables or around the outside of the classroom in the back with the goal. Here, here's You don't just say, you know, this person going to this table, this person going to this table, but it's more if somebody catches a glimpse through that vertical window out the side of the covering that you just used to cover the window, make sure that they can't see you. That's where you need to be in this classroom. You need to be somewhere where you can't be spotted if somebody looks through that one of those windows, okay? So that's your goal. So the lights are out. The, everything's covered up. Now, here's the seriousness of the situation. What I tell those kids, listen, guys, even though this is a drill, okay, Treat it as seriously as you possibly can. Now, I know in some schools I've heard this, and it's really questioned by the parents, and I won't even say how I feel about it. It makes me a little uncomfortable, but I don't know how I I feel about it. There are some schools that I know have had the officers, police officers, come into the hallway during a drill and actually fire, like, and I want to call them silent bullets. You know, it's not anything that would hurt anybody, but it's to make the sound so that the kids react to that as well. But here's the reason I say that. What I tell the kids is that you need to make sure that you don't treat this as a drill. 
you treat all of these drills as if it could really be happening. You need to practice not accidentally moving a desk, not accidentally kicking a chair, not actually bumping something that makes noise. You don't want anything to be heard outside. And one thing I emphasize, and this is tough with the younger ages, you need to make sure that if somebody is jiggling the handle from the other side to see if it's locked, you got to make sure you don't squeal about that, that that doesn't make you make noise because the goal is to make zero noise and to show zero visual cues through those windows. That is our goal. And in fact, you know, statistics show this is obviously not anything hard and fast rule, but generally speaking, they feel as if, most of the training says this, that if someone who wants to cause trouble in general, if wants to just cause general trouble, doesn't care who that trouble is aimed at, that if they reach down for a door handle and it's locked, Rather than trying to bust down the door, they will most likely just go to the next door until they find one they can get in easily. That's why you keep your door locked. That's why you try your best to give the impression that there's no one in that classroom. And that's why you should go with your, over with your students. Listen, guys, you never know when something like this may happen Places that this has happened in, they weren't expecting that. None of us will. But we have to make sure we are prepared as best we can. I will close by just saying this. I have been through two lockdown situations that were legitimate. They ended up being nothing to worry about, but were legitimate reasons for having the lockdown. One of those, it was a school that was in a rural area, and somebody that worked for the school had observed a gentleman outside on a small, I don't think it was moped size, but between a moped, maybe a Vespa size vehicle, who had a, in, in, in plain view, had a rifle strapped to his back, and he was just riding down the road, but it was close to the school. So the employee made the appropriate arrangements to send the school into a lockdown situation. I was subbing that day. One of the counselors ended up coming in our room as well and just whispered to me that it was real. It ended up being innocent enough, even though the person might rethink how they do things in the future. It was actually a farmer who had fields on both sides of the school, not right beside the school, but, you know, separated by the school. And he was just riding his vehicle between his farm pastures, and he had had his rifle with him. I don't know if he was trying to take care of some rodents or maybe somebody, or, or maybe he some animals were bothering his livestock. It was something as innocent as that. The other one actually had to do, it wasn't really a gun situation, but something had happened outside where they, the police had arrested somebody. And of course that, if it's close to a school, arrested them for a non-school related activity, maybe a domestic type of activity. And 
the school locked down for that situation too. So I have been through two that were legitimate reasons for locking down, but ended up being nothing uh, bad for that particular situation. So I will tell you the last lockdown drill that I was a part of was at a high school. And, you know, I had already given my speech about not making any sounds whatsoever. Don't stretch, don't move, don't bump anything. And it's kind of interesting. The the security guard would come in and check various classrooms. He walked into ours and I had my bunch so quiet and so hidden and so dark. He finally just said, Mr. Collins, are you in here? And it it made the students laugh because we were so well hidden. So I identified myself and we went on. This episode, I felt like it was necessary. I purposely didn't talk about any polarizing things that topics about this that could have come up. If you want to express yourself on gun control there are plenty of places that you can do that interestingly enough the very day i guess it wasn't the very day maybe the next day just after i had watched the news about everything that had happened i watched a show that night it was a law show and i couldn't help when i heard this phrase of thinking how appropriate what it was one of the mediators there. He was mediating between a, I think this particular show, it was based on an older care type facility that had taken advantage financially of its people. And that's what the lawsuit was about. And the mediator said this, best solutions mean compromise, not I'm right and you're wrong. You know, maybe that's where we need to go. I guess Laws that say we can't have any guns or laws that say we can have any gun we want. You know, maybe that's the extremes. Maybe we need a solution between those two. That's all I wanted to say today. The biggest part is making sure that we keep ourselves as prepared as we possibly can. And by all means, this happened at the end of the school year. We've got the whole summer to think about it. I hope you take these thoughts to heart. Don't forget about them since we're not going to be back in school for three months. Remember, that first week back, you're going to go through these drills. Take them seriously. Take your training seriously. We can't prevent trouble and evil from entering our schools from time, but let's make sure, again, that we're prepared as best we can.